Good evening. I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to attend digitally our Keep the Faith Revival here at the Daughter of Zion Seventh Adventist Church. Our speaker for this evening is Pastor Alexis Madrid. Now, if you heard her Wednesday night, you know that she is a powerful and awesome speaker. Beyond being a pastor, she is also a wife, a mother, and also a chaplain. Now, before we go any further in our worship experience, I want you to share this with others on your social media platforms so that they too would have an opportunity to hear a life-changing and altering message delivered by this dynamic speaker. Now, I want to encourage you to support our ministries here at the Daughter of Zion Seventh-day Adventist Church by choosing one of three options that appear on your screen. You can do so by going to our Adventist Giving app, Cash app, or mailing it to our P.O. box. Either way, your gift will be appreciated. Now, as we eagerly await the message from Pastor Alexis Madrid, we're going to be favored special music that will till the tablelands of our heart so that the word in seed, in seed form spoken by Pastor Alexis Madrid will be planted, find root, and grow. We thank you for attending our worship service. Be blessed. around 
Happy Sabbath. Um, I want to say thank you so much to Pastor Lenny Newton for the opportunity once again to grace this pulpit. Um, we're going to make this, you know, we thought that we were not going to be able to be together, but uh, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. I uh, have the opportunity to be with you via the internet, via the internet. So happy Sabbath, my DOZ family. Um, today, we are going to be dealing with the book of John, the book of John. Before we begin, let us pray. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Um, we're so thankful for technology. You know, we used to get mad at these young people for being on their technology, and now we're begging these young people to show us how this thing work. So <laughs> we just want to thank God that we have an opportunity to continue to share the gospel. I want you to turn with me to the book of John, to the book of John, the first chapter, and I'll be reading from the fourth verse. We're going to do a little bit of biblical gymnastics here. And I'm reading, and it says that in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And it says that uh, in verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I'm going down to 9, chapter 4, verse 9, and it says that the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. 10, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. 11 says that he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. 12 says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. In this first portion of John's introduction, we are introduced to two characters, to the word, and we are introduced to John the Baptist. In the case of the word, a.k.a. Jesus, we learn of his origin, his place, and his power. We know of his power because we are told that the darkness did not and could not overcome him. We're going to come back to that. 
in the case of John the Baptist, we also learn of his origin, his name, and his purpose. And in the grand scheme of things, we know that he was sent from God. He was, in fact, the introducer of the main character. I don't know if you guys have ever been to concerts or, or, or um, shows, and there's always a person to introduce the main event. That was who John was. John was like the MC of a live event introducing the star of the show. And the MC would say, and without further ado, here is Jesus. And 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 John does not name him as name him as Jesus at first. He simply and significantly refers to him as the true light. We are then told that this true light, Jesus, showed up on the stage of the world and that he came to his own. It says that he came to his own people, but they did not accept him. And I wonder why they didn't receive him. Why would his own people not accept him? I don't know if anybody here knows about not being accepted, but Jesus, Jesus' own people did not accept him. He only came with good news, good news that brought hope, but his own did not accept him. Do you want to know why they did not accept him? Because they didn't believe. That's right, disbelief. All of us here know human nature very well. We know human nature well enough to know that sometimes giving people good news is not a guarantee that it will be well received. I don't hear you guys today. Sometimes giving people good news is not a guarantee that it will be well received. I recall Martin Luther when he wrote uh, the 98 Thesis on the church in Wittenberg. Martin Luther did not think that he was going to start a reformation. Martin Luther just found out the good news that we don't have to work our way into the kingdom. Martin Luther, upon studying, realized that we earn salvation by grace. Praise the Lord for grace. But he thought that he had good news, but the rest of the church at that time did not consider that good news because it meant that they would stop making money. They would no longer be able to sell penance and to trick and con people into giving to the church to, 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 to save their loved ones or for um, redemption from sin. So, so, so just because you give somebody good news does not mean that they will receive it. Just think of the times when you told someone something for their benefit and they ended up getting mad at you. That happened to me a lot of times. You know, I, I told some friends of mine to leave their raggedy man because the man was raggedy and they stopped being friends with me. Sooner or later, raggediness shows its ugly head and they realize that the man was raggedy, but that's a different story. All I'm saying to you is don't hate the messenger. Just deal with the message. Anybody here at Daughters of Zion know what I'm talking about. Don't hate the messenger. Just deal with the message. You see, somehow faith isn't easy to come by for us living in this generation. We live in in, we live with this popular notion that there are no absolutes. The image of life is somehow gray and ambivalent. Everything is relative. We explain right and wrong away with our situational ethics. 
Some of us believe that the right decision should be based on what makes you feel good rather than on what is good. I'm going to repeat that. We live in a generation that we make decisions on what makes us feel good than what is actually good. We live in a generation in a society where we call good bad and we call bad good. Can I hear somebody today? But you see, the problem is that when it's it's a cool thing to walk around with 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 a gun on your hip and 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 because they somebody looked at you wrong, you think you are able to shoot them. It's a problem when it's a cool thing to 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 catch a felony charge. Then then. Than, than, than to go to school. We are talking about things that are bad as though they are good. We're talking about racism. We're talking about misogyny. We're talking about just because I think I'm right doesn't make you right. And when we can't distinguish right from wrong and we mix up good for bad and bad for good, this tells me that we can't see things clearly. We can't see things for what they actually are. And we can't see things clearly because, listen to this, we are in the dark. It's like someone flipped the switch and turned out the lights. And it's hard to see anything. It's hard to see anything, much less see things clearly when you're in the dark. I know something about darkness. I don't know if anybody here... I'm, I might be talk, talking about myself when I, 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 you know, you ain't pay your light bill. You might have forgotten to pay your light bill and, and you went to turn your lights on, um, but there nothing came on. So here you are in the dark because you forgot to pay your light bill. And sometimes, you know, you probably missed the notices or you thought you had time, but them light people don't be playing with their light. They will have you in the dark quick, fast, and in a hurry. But you can't see anything and you can't see clearly when you're in the dark. You see, when Jesus comes on the scene, we are told that he was in the world and the world came into being through him. Listen to this. We're, 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 we're in chapter John 1, chapter 10. And it says that he was in the world and the world came into being through him. That means that he created the world, yet the world did not know him. This is referring to you and me. This is who we are, and it makes sense. It's like when the light suddenly appears, it takes time for your eyes to adjust. When the light comes on, in those initial moments, in those first moments when you turn on the light, it, 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 everything is kind of fuzzy, is, or is it just me? Everything is fuzzy, and it takes some time for our eyes to adjust to the light. We don't really know what it is that we're seeing, especially if you're in, you've been in the dark for so long. When you're in the dark for a long time, the light seems to be attacking your eyes, and your eyes are trying to adjust to the light. And as we come out of the dark, there is a slight recognition. I'm talking about this man named Jesus. I'm talking about the light of the world. And when you come out of the dark, there is a slight recognition. We can begin to see the silhouette of things. 
The images may be familiar, but we don't quite know what it is. This is how the world, this is how we received Jesus, the true light. So when the Bible tells us that Jesus came to what was his own and his own did not accept him, perhaps it was hard for people to accept him because they had been living in darkness for so long. I, I don't hear anybody. And when you've been living in the dark for a long time, light is hard to deal with when it finally comes on. I think... Robert King has some idea of what I'm talking about. He had spent 29 years in prison in solitary confinement. For nearly three decades, he was locked up in a six by nine by 12 foot box in the dark. He was always, always disoriented. He said he would get confused as to where he was and where he should be. And when Mr. King was finally released in 2001, when he was finally allowed to see daylight again, he didn't know how to live with so much light. He didn't know how to live with so much light at first after spending such a long time in the dark. But I tell you this, he said he'd rather live in the sunshine than return to that dark box that he called home for three decades. You see, life is more interesting in the light. Life is more livable in the light. Light has a way of making things look better. I'm talking about the light. Light has a way of making things look better. It's like going from standard definition. Y'all remember them old TVs? Them standard definition TVs? And I remember those TVs uh, back in the day. Um, standard definition, and I'm not, a bit, I'm not into technology, but I remember the first time we got an HD TV. We got an HD TV, and you know, I didn't see the difference with an HD TV because I just thought they were just more expensive. You know, what's the point of buying a, you see the same thing, but you pay so much more. And then we bought an HDTV. We bought an HDTV. And, 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 and I like basketball. I remember one time my, my husband hooked up the TV and we were watching the game. And I, I, I decided that he, he was taking too long to hook up the TV. And I went upstairs to our regular standard definition TV. And then when he hooked up that HDTV, I'm talking about light, and, 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 and he said, baby, you got to come see this. When I went downstairs and I saw LeBron James dunking, whoo, I saw him dunking in all of that light. I have not returned to that standard definition TV. I'm talking about light. And I know some of us are like me. You, you liked your old DVDs and you were quite satisfied with seeing things from that standard definition. And you were good with your regular DVDs. But imagine when Blu-ray came out. We were able to see more detail and more color. Just like with the Blu-ray. Just like with the standard, with the high definition. 
definition, everything gets brighter. You start to see details that you would never have noticed in regular standard definition. You get closer to the reality of the film. And once you go the way of Blu-ray, it's hard to watch anything in plain old standard definition again. I never went back to that standard definition. I stayed in that high definition. And some of us are living a standard definition life. We are living a standard definition life. And before you leave today, I want you to know about a person. I'm talking about light. I want you to know about a person who can take you from standard definition living to high definition living. Everything is clearer in his light because the light that Jesus brings to our lives is a revealing light. It shows things as they really are. It has the power to strip away the disguises and the masks and the facade that we hide behind. We hide behind our money. We hide behind our relationships. We hide behind our education and our jobs. We hide behind our addictions. Yeah. We hide behind our addictions, whether it be food or fashions, possessions or porn. We are hiding from the light. We are hiding because this light shows things in all of their nakedness. Listen, no makeup from this light. It reveals the fact that even though we have money, we're still a hot mess. Even though we're surrounded with friends, we, are st we still feel lonely. Even though we have lots of possessions, we still don't have any real peace. Can, can, I, can I just go a little further? Even though we are having sex, we don't have any lasting satisfaction. You may feel satisfied for the moment, but it's not satisfying your heart's deep hunger. These things just serve as distractions from the real situation. We lack God's illumination. We lack God's illumination. We are in the dark. But some of us like it with the lights turned out. Yes, I'm talking to somebody today. Some of us like being in the dark. Some of us don't want the lights turned out on. We want it out. That's why John says that some people love the darkness rather than the light. They hate the light because they are afraid that their deeds will be exposed. That's in John 3, 19 and 20. We don't want the light coming along and exposing our lives for what they are, a facade. We know that we've got issues. We know, we know that we're in a mess. But we don't want people to know just how messy our messes. I wish I'm talking to somebody today. We don't want people to know how messy our messes. You see, the awesome quality of this light is such that it shows things as they really are. And we never really see ourselves until we see ourselves through the light of Jesus. And the beauty of this light is that it reveals us to ourselves and our need for the only thing that can change us, and that is God's grace. Verse 5 tells us that the darkness could not apprehend this light. 
In other words, it's saying that the darkness could not chase it down and lay a hold of it. The darkness could not snuff out this light. The darkness couldn't overpower it. The darkness couldn't destroy it. Darkness here represents chaos. I'm reminded of a movie, and, and, and if you ever watch movies with vampires and, 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 and Dracula and, 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 and zombies, I remember of a film called I Am Legend with Will Smith, and Will Smith was the only man left, or he perceived himself to be the only man left in a post-apocalyptic era, and um, there were zombies, and we know them stuff ain't real, but there were zombies, so what Will did was he surrounded himself with light. He surrounded himself, and I have a little flashlight here, and he surrounded himself with light. Light was what kept him safe. Because you see, the zombies hated light. They only moved around in the darkness. The zombies were only able to, 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 to attack in the darkness. They could not move around in the light. So Will Smith didn't have, uh, he, when he traveled at night, all he had to do was have light and the zombies, he would be safe because the zombies could not operate in the, dark, in the light. And the same thing with chaos. Chaos is anything that is out of its natural order. Many of our lives are out of order. Many of us here, our lives are out of order. It could be the chaos of a confused mind. The chaos of disordered emotions. The chaos of family turmoil. The chaos of financial instability. The chaos of fear about the future. The chaos of failure in your relationships. The chaos of domestic violence. The chaos of a broken home. The chaos of our mess. The chaos of meaninglessness. The chaos of our sinfulness. This chaos, this darkness, tried to chase down and overpower the light, but the light turned around and put a chokehold on this chaos and overpowered it. You see, Jesus is the one person who can save us, who can save our lives from being nothing but chaos. Left to ourselves, we are at the mercy of the madness in our lives, at the mercy of our own sinfulness. But it gives me great hope to know that no matter how chaotic my life may be, that Jesus can bring order to my life. He won't be overwhelmed or overpowered by my drama. He can bring peace in the middle of my storm. He can bring light in the middle of my midnight and I remember when Jesus himself ran, walked in, uh, sailed into the storm with the disciples. And, and the Bible says that it was a storm. It was chaos. The wind and the waves were howling. The, the thunder was rolling. Lightning was striking. It was absolute chaos. And Jesus, being the prince of peace, was able to stand up. And he was able to talk peace and calm into the chaos. Jesus can speak peace into the chaos of your life. 
And when the light starts to shine in your life and when you begin to see everything for what it really is, it then takes a leap of faith to believe what it is that you are now seeing. The disciples didn't believe. The disciples who had been walking and talking and seeing Jesus, they said, what matter of man is this? They still did not understand. You see, it takes faith to believe what it is that you're now seeing. You see the destitute state of your life without God. You know how destitute it is, but you also see the hope that you have with him in it. It means trusting in something you don't quite yet understand. It means open up, opening up your heart to believe that God has so much love for humanity. Better yet, so much love for you and so much love for me that he wants to walk in our shoes. And to see and believe means making a decision. When the light comes on, you must either choose to stay in the chaos of the darkness or you can choose to move forward in the light. The question we each must answer for ourselves is, would you rather live your life in the dark or live your life in the light. I don't know about you, but I choose the light. I know what it means to see things in distortion. I wear glasses and if you ever want me to feel out of place, have me lose my glasses. I can't see nothing. So, 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 so I don't need the darkness Give me the light. The same way that I would rather my glasses so I can see things clearly, I choose the light. I choose Jesus. Our own efforts to fix and upgrade ourselves into something better will always fail. No matter the amount of education you have, or the stuff you own, or the money you got stacked up. None of it can make the chaos better. We've tried, we've tried. All of this stuff cannot make our lives better. It's still chaos. All of this stuff, the only, all this stuff ever does is keep us from dealing with reality. It can't save us. Your money can't save you, but Jesus can. Your relationships can't save you, but Jesus can. Your education can't save you, but Jesus can. Only Jesus gives us the power to become more than what we are. And this power is activated the moment we open our hearts and accept him as Lord and Savior. Church, it's that simple. All we have to do is accept him. I've always been a real big comic book fan. Anybody knows me? I'm a real big comic book fan. Marvel, DC, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a DC girl. As, as a matter of fact, my middle son's name, his middle name is uh, Kal-El, which is Superman's Kryptonian name. And, 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 and uh, they moved from the comic books and now we're, we have live action film. It was the best thing. I don't know, man. I, you know, since the pandemic, my family and I have watched the whole Marvel universe in order. 
And so um, I, I, Superman is, is, is my favorite superhero, the man of steel. And there's just something about this dude, man. Superman can fly and stop bullets and, and have heat vision coming from his eyes. And he has super hearing. And Superman is always there just in the nick of time. Just in the nick of time. Superman is, is, is always there. And, and, and whenever there's... You know, the car is about to go over the bridge, and it's, la it's, it's on the one last tire. And as soon as, the, you know, the bridge always breaks or the tire uh, uh, falls apart, and as soon as the car is falling down, here comes Superman to save the day. But, but, but as, I, as much as I love Superman, and, you know, there's a correlation between Superman and Jesus, you know, and as much as I love Superman, and Superman comes to save. And when I think about it, Superman can't make anybody else super. Superman does not have the ability to make anybody else super. You know, Superman comes on the scene and, and, and the people cry for help. And in the nick of time, Superman comes and he does his thing. And then when he's done saving who he needs to save, he flies off. And the person that he just saved is left to deal with the reality of the situation. Superman don't even leave a business card or anything. And the people watch. All they can do is stand there and watch him from below as he soars away into the sky with all his power and all his might. And they remain weak and earthbound and waiting for a cab because, you know, now they car tow up. But, but, but you see, Jesus is not like Superman. I, I, I like the way that Jesus, the real Superman, does things. He doesn't just show up, do his thing, and then leave. You see, you see Jesus, the real Superman, he sticks around. He remains, as a matter of fact, he dwells with us and he dwells within us. And even when we forget, even when we neglect him, he doesn't forsake us. He doesn't push us under a bus. He is persistent and he is patient. He is loving and he is liberating. And when we surrender to his control, listen to me, unlike Superman who can't make anybody else super, Jesus comes in and when we surrender to his control, he gives us a new status. We are now called the children of God. You see, this is where the reality completely outshines the comic book fantasy. For while Superman had power, Jesus bestows power. Yes, Jesus gives power. Uh, 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 power to become. The Bible word is dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite from. It's explosive, miraculous power. God's dynamite will light up the darkness in our lives and give us power to live in the light. You see, you see, something superhuman has to go on for us and inside of us for change to happen. Jesus Christ comes and does more than just patch up our weak human nature. Jesus does a complete makeover. He imparts his very own power. He gives us his divine nature and we become like him. And when we become like him, listen to me. 
when Jesus gives us power and we become like him and when we become like him we can fight the chaos with the light that is his life we can beat back the darkness with his life that is life we can light up the darkness light up the darkness in our home light up the darkness in your community light up the darkness in our lives his light is bright enough to beat back pain it's bright enough to overcome addiction it's bright enough to overcome sin it's bright enough to stop violence it's bright enough jesus light can light it up one day a woman was driving down a local road and she noticed in her rear view mirror that a huge truck seemed to be following her a little too close too close for comfort so she sped up to create some distance only to discover that the truck sped up too she drove faster, and then the, trust went, then, then the truck went faster. The faster she went, the faster he went. She made a right turn. He made a right turn. She made a left turn. He made a left turn. Then she got on the expressway, and so did he. She took an exit. He took an exit. At this time, fear began to sweep over her as it became very clear that she was being followed. It was at night and she needed to do something. So she pulled into an all-night gas station where there was lots of light and people. She rushed out of the car and ran inside. The truck pulled up right behind her into the gas station. The driver rushed out of the truck but then instead of rushing into the store after the woman, he rushed to her car and opened the back door, reached inside and pulled out a man who had hidden himself in her back seat. What that lady didn't know was that the one who she was running from wasn't out to harm her. He was actually trying to save her. This would-be rapist would have hurt her. But because this truck driver was sitting high, I, I'm preaching today, because this truck driver was sitting high and able to look low, he saw a man sneak into her car. This woman, however, had a distorted view. She thought she knew what was going on when in reality, she was totally unaware of, of what was really happening. And as I close, many of us, are living life with a distorted view. We aren't seeing things clearly. We are running in fear from the wrong person. We are running in, here in fear from the wrong thing. But I'm standing here to tell you that Jesus wants to come in and clear your vision up. He wants to come in and he wants to light up your life. He wants to come and he wants to show you that, 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 that we are living in a distorted reality, but he wants to make things clear. He wants us to know that, that there is a fountain that's filled with blood and it's drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And if we were to only plunge beneath it would wash away all our guilty stains. Somebody here wants to say that they are tired of living in the darkness.
you are tired of running from the wrong person. You are tired of running from the wrong person. And you are running in from darkness to darkness to darkness. And I'm here to tell you today that now is the time to live in the light. Jesus wants to turn on the light in your life. He wants to turn on the light in your life. And not only will he beat back the darkness, not only will he make, bring peace to your chaos, he wants to give you the power that you are able to live a high definition life. Somebody wants to say, I accept this light in my life. I'm tired of the darkness. I'm tired of the chaos. I want Jesus, the light of the world, to speak peace into my chaos. And I promise you this. He will. He said, all you have to do. He said, behold, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. I'm knocking. And all you have to do is answer the door. And the light of the world wants to come in and he wants to sit with you. He wants to sit and eat with you. Somebody today says, yes, I choose light. I choose peace. I choose Jesus. Who's with me today to choose Jesus as the light of your life? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the word that you have given us. Lord, we thank you for this light, the light that the darkness thought would overpower it. But we know in your word that it says that the darkness could not overpower this light. Even when this light hung on that nasty cross at Calvary, the light, the, the darkness was not able to overpower this light. Father, I'm asking you to give us a more intimate relationship with this light. We're asking you to help us to accept this light into our lives. Father, you know what's going on with us. So many things are happening. There have been deaths by this pandemic. So many of us have lost our jobs. So many of us are now facing financial instability. We have relational problems. But Father, we know that if we, we can trust in the light of the world, Father, you have the ability to bring order to our chaos and light into our darkness. Save your people, Jesus. Save them. We thank you and we love you. We thank you for this light and help us to accept this light so that our lives can be illuminated. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank Pastor Madrid for allowing God's Spirit to use her in a mighty way. And if you were truly blessed by this message, what we're begging of you is that you don't keep this message to yourself but share it on your Facebook page. You can text this message to anybody. You can email it. Don't keep the message to yourself. God's truth needs to go out to all the world. But also, if you were touched and you're interested in either being baptized, in getting studies, if you want special prayer, then all you simply have to do is text the number on your screen, 561 334-1972.
And if you text this number and you give us your contact information, uh, we will get uh, in contact with you and we'll be either able to pray with you or to study with you or to set you up for the next baptism. But at this time, we're going to close out our worship service. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, once again, we thank you for your servant, Pastor Madrid. We thank you for the words that were spoken. Uh, Lord, we're asking that your spirit will continually dwell in us. Help us, Lord, to hold on to the faith. Help us to be the people that you called us and designed us to be. Save us in your kingdom. This we pray, in Jesus' name, amen.